Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Hippie Shit, the podcast where we talk about self-development, spirituality, and lots of fun life stuff like that. Today is episode seven of the Hippie Shit podcast, and my name is Bryce. I am your host. Um, today, we're getting more esoteric, going right back, right back into the esoteric. This episode is tangentially springboarding off of the last episode, so if you haven't listened to the last episode, actually really like kind of the last two episodes, honestly, okay, I guess the way that spirituality works is that you just kind of springboard off of uh, everything that's ever happened in your life, everything that's drawn you into this moment, and then you kind of go from there, so it fits. Anyways, today's episode... Yes, we'll be a little bit more esoteric. Um, I'm going to be talking about gratitude, uh, the distinction between being and doing, and staying present. And those are three ideas that I believe overlap very heavily, and I'm going to make some connections and express these things in a way that... I have come to understand over the years, and I'm hoping that in hearing these things in kind of a different way that you can, I guess, get a shift in your understanding that will then awaken a little bit more of a benefit and then also you know, just kind of like a value add to your life, to your psyche, and hopefully lessen some of the struggle in in upholding some of these some of these things that we know to be good for us, but that can be honestly difficult to practice at times, depending on our circumstances. I am going to warn you up front, I don't actually have um, like a lot of a plan for this episode. This is honestly going to be fairly stream of consciousness um, because a lot of these things are actually just kind of fresh on my mind. Uh, I was vacuuming, you know, doing a mindless activity and uh, this all just kind of hit me. So um, I'm recording like 15 minutes after that with zero game plan. So we'll see how this goes. So let's get started. Let's talk about mm, gratitude first. So yes, gratitude is a great practice. I've made videos about it on YouTube. Um, I, you know, highly recommend gratitude practice, especially for people as they're going through um, like a forgiveness practice. Gratitude can be a really good follow-up to forgiveness because it's kind of Mm, we're just going to go directly into the esoteric. It, it's kind of restoring your energy where you're leaving some gaps in your energy. Um, you know, as you let go of certain things that you've been holding on to, you are creating some some space. And gratitude is a really great way to fill that space in a useful and powerful way. And of course, I've recommended that people keep gratitude journals. I don't know if I've actually said that in this podcast, but just on a personal level, I know that, you know, keeping a gratitude journal every day can really help my mental health if I'm getting into a space where I'm feeling down, where I'm feeling disappointed, where I'm feeling frustrated. 
it can be really beneficial to take a moment every day and just commit to, okay, let me show appreciation for, for what is present in this moment. And that's a really powerful exercise. It can also be really fucking difficult though. If we're being honest, like if we're realistic, we're not always in a space where we can show gratitude. If, if I'm in kind of a darker place, if my emotions are kind of getting the best of me, it can be really uh, patronizing for somebody to be like, well, you know, practice gratitude. Find something that you're thankful for in these dark moments. Like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I want to be mad. I want to feel fucking mad and let me feel mad. Let me feel frustrated. Um, so I believe that there's kind of a not even a balance. It's it's not even about balancing these two ideas of feeling your feelings as they are and of practicing gratitude. It's really a shift out of that, you know, false dichotomy, that false duality that we kind of impose. These, these are not two poles. These are not opposites. And these are not contradictory there is space for both of these things in any given moment. And so I wanted to talk about how to kind of find that that space for both practices, you know, for both letting yourself honor what you are feeling and then also being able to still practice gratitude at the same time. It's not impossible and honestly it's not even difficult. It's just kind of a matter of reaching a different understanding of the points and drawing that distinction between doing and being. So we're going to talk about the difference between doing and being more as this episode progresses, I think. <laughs> I sense that evolution happening. Um, but let's talk about gratitude and doing and being as it applies to gratitude. So the acts of keeping a gratitude journal, the act of I am feeling frustrated and therefore I'm going to choose to find things that I can name off that I can be grateful for, that is doing gratitude. And there's nothing wrong with doing gratitude. It has its benefits, but there is a distinction to be made between doing gratitude versus sincerely being grateful. And that's not to say that that's not to detract any value from doing gratitude, because I believe that doing gratitude is a really wonderful way to over time open yourself up to to being able to really embody and to really be grateful. It's kind of training your mind into, into the space where you can then really connect on a deep level with gratitude to the point where you can then embody it. And we talk about embodying a lot. We talk about being a lot. And you know, in, in the circles of spirituality, there's this discussion of masculine energy and feminine energy and how masculine is really focused on doing and feminine is really focused on being. And again, there's this duality created. There are these two poles 
then created that a feel are almost unnecessary there is a distinction in in behaving in a certain way versus embodying a a concept and embodying a realization and embodying an, an understanding but you know we create this duality of the masculine and feminine and and categorize different behaviors and different modes of operation and of being as masculine or feminine but then and then on top of that we talk about you know the masculine energy and the feminine energy coming together in these you know romantic partnerships that are divinely guided but then we also say and everybody has both energies within them and it's just about you know it's a matter of balancing those two out. <laughs> it's like what are you talking about no um no i i don't i don't buy into that i do definitely believe that certain people you know everybody has their own kind of balance of of energies but that's it's like we we use this language that already has a lot of baggage attached to it and then we express these ideas that are contradictory and that don't honestly flow well together and i feel like that honestly leads people just down kind of a path where they're going to miss out on some opportunities for growth because it's like well if I can, you know, come into partnership with somebody who is, you know, the balance of my energy, then the energies are, are balanced. And then you're kind of missing out on the ability to go within. And that's a disservice. And it's also really kind of, I guess, ignoring the point of a spiritual journey of a spiritual life in the first place. Um, which I would, I would invite everybody to take a moment and, you know, think of, think of the, the ultimate answer, the ultimate secret to inner peace that is consistent throughout religions, that is consistent throughout spiritual paths, which is that, you know, as the Buddha said, inner peace is found through the eyes of the observer and that is the ultimate truth if you can stay in the role of the observer then you are detached from what's happening you are not assigning judgment you're not labeling you're not assigning meaning and if your brain is not judging and assigning meaning if you're able to be in that space then you have found inner peace you don't have problems anymore because problems don't exist and in talking about doing and being in terms of masculine and feminine and assigning these words that have all of this baggage and then in you know offering this solution that you'll come together with your divine pairing and create this third energy between you that's perfectly balanced. You're kind of absolving yourself <laughs> of, you know, you're, you're bypassing the need to stay in the role of the observer. You don't meet somebody who's your energetic match and just 
everything's healed. <laughs> it's not how that works. And, you know, we talk about like twin flame connections and how these can be so intense. And, you know, it's, it's opening us up to a different form of love and to learning unconditional love through this very tumultuous relationship that tends to break apart if either party is, you know, imbalanced in any, in any way. Um, and so you can meet your twin flame and trigger the fuck out of each other and then, you know, never speak again, or, you know, you fight and you break up and all, and it's, you know, glorifying the idea of this romantic partnership that, you know, I have to maintain this level of spiritual perfection in order to be with this one specific romantic partner, because my mission in life is to teach the world how to love unconditionally through, you know, the pain that I experience. Okay, if if you decide that that is the path for you, that is completely valid. Maybe it's just that I'm not on that path, and so that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I would prefer to, you know, live a life where I'm not expected to maintain spiritual perfection. <laughs> just personally. Um because they don't feel that that's, you know, a realistic standard. And if, you know, that concept of the twin flame is true, then that almost does feel like a punishment. That feels like I, you know, chose to walk this path where if I deviate from, from what is, you know, perfectly sacred and perfectly aligned with the highest good at all times, then I'm punished by, you know, being forced to endure this this pain in the context of this specific relationship and you know that's not even to touch on how frequently people use you know the twin flame label to justify frankly being abusive as fuck to their partners um and not growing um which is you know a whole other issue um but yeah so let's let's really think about the path of the observer or the role of the observer so if you are if you are following a spiritual path chances are one of your ultimate goals is to reach a space where you can maintain this awareness of of the greater self of the greater flow of life where things that would throw you off center based on your personality no longer throw you off center because you've managed to reconcile your personality and integrate it to the point where even though it is screaming at you even though your ego screams at you you can hear it for what it is and then choose to observe instead and to stay detached and that's a beautiful space to be in. Most of us don't reach that for any significant amount of time. We can incorporate lots of wonderful practices into our lives to help to cultivate the circumstances that are necessary to allow for that level of understanding, for that level of consciousness. And when we can, it happens very spontaneously for most of us, but when we do find ourselves very conscious and very present in a moment, particularly a painful moment, it's like the pain just kind of goes away because you you reach 
that that stage where you're like okay this is you know temporary this is fleeting and this is impermanent this is an illusion i can see through it i can recognize it for what it is i can be grateful right for what it is and i can let it go and i can move forward with my life i don't i don't need to hang out here very often I will say that people convince themselves that they're at that stage and they do that through spiritual bypassing, you know, looking for really, really, really looking for reaching for chasing after the the higher understanding before they're honestly ready to experience it. Um, if your knee jerk reaction to something is anger sadness, frustration, right? If you're getting triggered by something and you immediately, your reaction to that anger or that that feeling is to withdraw and to dig deep and to unpack and to unravel and to look to the universe for the explanation, for the higher understanding immediately before you've actually dealt with that feeling, you are bypassing. You are not feeling your feelings. You're not honoring your feelings. And that is going to create more problems. You are pushing an emotion down. You are repressing. No shame in that. We've all done it. But just, you know, a call out. <laughs> um, if you can if you can find yourself processing, if you can find yourself allowing for the feelings and and finding them in your body and engaging with them and then letting those feelings inform you of what's going on so that you can engage in that dialogue with them and open open yourself to hearing what they have to say, then it is completely possible to get consciously aware enough that you can start to step back and say, okay, I own my feeling. I recognize that it's there. I understand where it comes from. I understand what it has to say. I'm choosing you know, this action instead. I'm choosing to disengage. I'm choosing to remove this person from my life. I'm choosing to recognize the value that they have to offer. I'm choosing to continue this conversation more mindfully. I'm choosing, you know, you can make your choice from that space. That's where we have to be as humans. That's, that is you know, the recognition that yes, I am having a human experience and I have to have that human experience while I'm here. And that is where we get into that distinction between being grateful and doing gratitude. So I believe that gratitude, gratitude of any form is a wonderful practice. If you choose to keep a gratitude journal because it's something that you should do, if you choose to keep a gratitude journal because you know that practicing gratitude each day will improve your mental health, if you choose to keep a gratitude journal because a therapist told you to, because a preacher told you to, because you want to use it as an experiment to see how it changes your perspective because 
you believe that it will help you to manifest things into your life more quickly, all of those are valid reasons to keep a gratitude journal. And it's a good practice. It is going to start to shift your awareness of the good things in your life and kind of shift the balance and it will bring benefits to you. So I don't want to say that that is wrong or inadequate or invalid on any level. I've done that for many, many, many years for those exact reasons and all of them all of them are valid reasons and that practice has brought great benefits into my life. So if you're doing gratitude, you're not doing anything wrong. And I want to make that clear. But eventually what I believe that activity, that action, that doing gratitude can lead you to is an opportunity to stay more present because what are you doing? when you're doing gratitude, you are, you are pushing yourself, you are pushing your conscious awareness into the present moment and looking at the present moment. What do I have? What is going on around me? And you know, you are focusing specifically on the good things, the things that feel good, which is already really wonderful too. You know, that trains your reticular activating system to start to recognize more of the good things, right? So that's, you know, where the mental health benefit comes in. But it, it does force you to practice presence, even just for a moment. And so gratitude journaling is essentially a meditation. It is a, a way to get your conscious awareness to the current moment. The issue that I see arising from that is that you are then judging and assigning. And so that's, that's where it's a little bit less than being. It's a little bit less than all the way there, but it is a really wonderful step. It's a really wonderful daily practice that leads you towards being because eventually what happened for me was that I had a shift in my perspective from, okay, let me find things to feel grateful for. Let me search, let me do gratitude. Let me do my daily gratitude journal entry so that I can honor the universe or whatever the fuck. Instead, it shifted into a state of being grateful in the moment as I'm doing things. And it shifted into finding that what I was doing was an expression of the gratitude that I felt from within. Everything that, that I choose to do is an expression of how grateful I am to be here. And let me break that down a little bit further and let me tie that to you know, something that I brought up last week, which was that I, you know, last week in the last episode, I was talking about these healthful activities that I've been integrating into my life. So like walking at the park every day to try and get some more vitamin D, get a little bit of cardiovascular activity, get the blood flow and let the energy flow, enjoy nature, all that good stuff. Right. 
and walking is also just a way that lets my mind just kind of shut up <laughs> um, and a way for me to just kind of be you know out and about and doing something that's really mindless and it lets the the quieter parts of me kind of process through things that have been weighing on me and in a way that I don't have to really invest the energy in, in solving what's going on in my life. I can just kind of, you know, I've got something coming up. I've got, you know, this conversation that didn't go in the way that I wanted it to, that kind of stuff. And my thoughts can just kind of like melt all over the place and just kind of drip down, you know, and, and just come unraveled completely and, and unwind and unknot and then you know when the thing that was coming up happens somehow i'm more ready for it right some somehow i'm more prepared somehow i already know what to say to something somehow i already have a plan going into place and i didn't put very much thought into it it just kind of you know i was just there and we're good right so what was I talking about? Okay, so gratitude. <laughs> that is, you know, that is that is a very doing thing for walking. That is a very doing explanation of walking. You know, I, I drive to the park and I walk so that I can receive, you know, these benefits, so that I can see these benefits ripple out through my life. And that's really beautiful. The being grateful version of walking is I have this human body. I am going to be present in this human body for this lifetime. I may as well take care of this human body while I'm here. Right? And then applying that concept across your life it is, I live in this home, I may as well keep this home clean while I live here. It is, I am in this job, I may as well care for this job while I work here. It is, I am in this relationship, I may as well nurture this relationship or this friendship while I'm here, while I'm in it. You are recognizing the impermanence of everything you are recognizing the illusion of everything that temporary nature of everything but you are here you are in this now in this now you are in this body in this now you work this job in this now you are in this relationship and so you may as well express the gratitude of being here where you are by showing that love by showing up as as you are where you are that is being grateful that is that is embodying gratitude versus committing to a daily practice of writing down things that you feel grateful for and so when you shift that perspective when you shift into embodying gratitude 
things become much more cohesive and things become a lot easier to execute good behavior, you know, which again, I don't like that word, but the, the acts that sow the seeds of good karma come a lot more naturally. You don't have to, you, you find that you are no longer trying to repress your feelings considering the circumstances. You are no longer trying to control situations. You're no longer, you know, being met with resistance in some area and saying, well, then I don't want to give either. It, it suddenly, you know, you're not emphasizing things like the equal give and take or, you know, scorekeeping or, well, you said this and now I feel this way. And so I'm going to, you know, react or I'm going to withdraw or I'm going to shut down or I'm going to search for the higher meaning. It is, I understand that I'm here with you in this moment, in this connection, and I'm choosing to honor that I'm here. I'm choosing to honor what you're saying to me and I'm choosing to honor what I feel about it. And I'm choosing to show gratitude for where we are together by, by reaching for the more nurturing thing to do and the more loving thing to do by reaching for the more loving words. And frankly, sometimes that is not going to feel like love to the other party. <laughs> um, sometimes that is going to mean being completely honest with yourself and with that other person about what's going on and communicating that. Sometimes that is, I am in this relationship. I am going to show gratitude for this relationship by not allowing it to become toxic. And so I'm going to call out what feels toxic to me from my perspective, what feels bad to me from my perspective and share that with you in order to give you an opportunity to either change your behavior if you so choose or to make the choice to continue it knowing what that means for this other person who's in this relationship with you. And from that space, we can surrender to the outcome of it, knowing that we've expressed our gratitude, knowing that we are grateful. That also means being grateful for whatever comes as a result of that. Perhaps nothing changes. Perhaps the relationship dissolves. Perhaps, you know, we continue to have this argument between us and then things blow over. Perhaps it means that everything does get resolved and, and we heal and, you know, we have nothing but a loving relationship from then on, dare to dream, right? But, you know, too often, too often we get caught up in this idea that, oh, I need to, I need to be more grateful. I need to be grateful. And then we, we try to be grateful by doing gratitude and that will lead eventually to the space where you are being grateful, yes. But there's a lot of bumps in the road along the way. And you know, tying this back to being present and and bypassing, sometimes when we're trying to force ourselves to be grateful, 
when we're not there, you are denying the the voices of your personality. You know, you are denying your inner child. You're denying your critical parent. You're denying your ego. You're denying that part of yourself that feels uncomfortable and that thinks these thoughts. And in doing so, you are really creating the shadow and really just kind of giving it more power because you, in denying those voices, they gain strength because you are going to get hurt and the subconscious is going to take that as more evidence that it was right. And so those voices are going to become harder and harder and harder to resist and harder to overpower, harder to repress until they do express themselves, until they do take the reins, until they do grow so much that you don't then have a choice and the tower is going to come down. So when when you're when you're going throughout your life, when you're reaching for gratitude in moments where you're not really ready to to do gratitude keep that in mind and perhaps start your gratitude practice in those moments with okay i'm grateful for the feelings that i'm noticing i'm grateful for the opportunity to notice them i'm grateful that my body is trying to communicate with me to bring my awareness to something that feels wrong to something that feels like a slight. I am grateful for the parts of myself that are trying to keep me safe from harm. I am grateful to have the opportunity to open myself, to open my awareness to what those voices have to say, to what those parts of me have to say. And I'm going to embrace those parts of myself and allow them to speak, allow them, you know, welcome them to the table with me to have this conversation so that I can act having a more complete picture of what's going on. Because a lot of the times, a lot of the times, yes, we, you know, for me, especially like this was part of my personal journey. I had a really strong tendency towards people pleasing. And I also had a lot of basically self-righteous indignation over other people's behaviors. And those two parts of me were constantly at war in interactions that I had with anybody where somebody would do something that would really upset me. It would really trigger me on a lot of levels. And it would leave me in the space where I felt very, very, very angry I felt very slighted, very wronged, and very hurt. And yet, I was so afraid of feeling my anger that I would push it down. And I would overcompensate for my anger that I was feeling by upping my people-pleasing. I really, I took, you know, the kill him with kindness line... <laughs> just real, real seriously. I really took that to heart. And I made myself sick. Like, I had such a painful life 
on so many levels. I was miserable at work. I was miserable in my romantic relationships. I was miserable dealing with my family. I was surrounded by friends who would take advantage of me. And I was so unhappy. I don't think I was, I don't think I ever felt sincerely happy until I was like 31, like this year. And it's because I never chose to listen to either voice in my head. I never chose to listen to the part of me that was angry, that was feeling angry over what had just happened. And I also wasn't noticing the part of my head, you know, the part of me that wanted to run away from that anger, that was so afraid of that anger and that chose to prioritize keeping a harmonious interaction over all else. I never opened myself to that until this year. And when I did, then, you know, when I when I opened myself to that, when I started to engage in the dialogue with those parts of myself, when I started to be grateful for those parts of myself, knowing that they were, you know, they were there to keep me safe and being able to show gratitude to them for keeping me safe for so long. And then saying, you know, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to choose to act in this way instead. You know, maintaining the driver's seat, maintaining the direction of my life. That is, honestly, that is the meaning of free will. When your subconscious thoughts no longer run your life, When you are able to notice what's happening, when you're able to notice what's occurring and choose based off of your wisdom, to choose based off of your intuition, to choose based off of your feelings, just to choose based off of where you're at and know that you're choosing based off of where you're at, the need for self-forgiveness starts to go down by a lot because you start to recognize where you were doing your best and you start to be able to be grateful to yourself for having done your best consistently for your whole life. It starts to remove a lot of the sense of shame that we have. And it also lets you be truly present in the moment. It lets you, it lets you make the choice to truly witness what's happening, to really analyze and to really take in, to really receive all of the input, to notice exactly what's going on to see reality as it is and to honor reality as it is rather than reacting and when your conscious choices are how your life is directed when you direct your own life and when you are the director of your own movie rather than all of these subconscious programs being present and being grateful come so much more naturally than doing meditation or doing gratitude. And that's, that is the entire point of meditation is to open ourselves to a space where we can experience that conscious awareness where we can experience those conscious choices more frequently moving forward. And that doesn't mean that we then expect perfection. Sometimes, sometimes I still get super triggered. Sometimes I still get very off center. 
I definitely noticed myself doing it a lot more quickly. I definitely noticed myself slipping into that space much more quickly, and I'm able to bring myself back to center much more quickly for having done the work. And that is, you know, life. <laughs> um, life is just kind of a journey to that space and to increase the frequency of that, to increase our integrity, you know, rather than being disintegrated multiple parts floating around in one mind to become more integrated to where more of the parts of ourselves are welcome to the table more often so that their voices can get a little bit quieter and a little bit calmer, a little bit more rational to where we trust ourselves, to where the parts of us trust our conscious mind, which is really what you're trying to do is to get your inner child to trust you, to get your critical parents to trust you, to get, you know, the part of you that's afraid, to get the part of you that's angry, to get a part of you that's sad, all of those parts, to get all of those parts to trust you, to watch out for their best interests, so that they don't feel the need to take the wheel from you to watch out for your best interest. To get to the space where all the parts of you recognize that you are the most capable person for the job, that you are the most capable of making a decision in any given moment so that they can release their grip, so that they can find peace, and so that you can then welcome them with open arms and engage with them and say, you know, thank you for everything that you've done so far. I'm so glad to have you here with me. I'm so glad to have an ally in this moment. And it's, you know, really the act of converting your, you know, your demons, your inner demons into your allies and integrating fully as a human and getting to the space where you can be grateful rather than doing gratitude. Maybe that's your way to integrating more fully maybe integrating more fully is your way to getting to the space where you're being grateful. You know, I don't know how it will happen for you. I don't know how it will play out for you. And maybe these are words that you'll hear. They'll make sense. And then you won't think about them again. And maybe two years from now, through, you know, some array of experiences, you'll reach that space as well. But I would encourage you to at least find yourself noticing more frequently whether you are doing gratitude or whether you are being grateful and see if perhaps you can find in certain moments an opportunity to be grateful to honor what's happening to take care of the situation that you're in while you're in it to not clean your house because i don't want it to be messy you know i don't clean my house because i don't like messy I don't clean my house because I feel like I'm sloppy. I don't clean my house because I'm embarrassed when other people come over for them to see the state that I live in. I clean my house because I live here. And while I live here, I may as well take care of it. I may as well keep it clean. I may as well keep it vacuumed. Rather than, you know, seeing the mess and then hating the mess and then wanting to change the mess and I'm going to change the mess and I'm going to get rid of the mess so I don't have to let know. So that's my invitation for you. 
as always, if you like this episode and you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you like it. You can hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on Spotify, of course, we uh, love if you follow us, give it a little heart. I will talk to you all next week. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your Friday and a, an absolutely incredible, grateful weekend ahead of you. I love you all.